the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. We are all started up here on October the 24th. It is a Tuesday, and seven years ago, it was a Monday, and that was when my son, Arthur Idala III, came around. And real quick, before we get into the news of the day and some great guests, the reason why he's the third, you know, I'm not a junior. He's not a junior. Uh, Marianne, when we were mulling over names, made it clear she wasn't looking for a junior. Um just because a lot of times they wind up being called junior. Uh, Sam Bellino, you know anyone who's like called junior? Because, uh, not really. I, I well, mean, there's the big depends. guy on the Sopranos was, you know, yeah. Uncle Junior and all this. And we had a, a guy, uh, Frankie Gliozzo Jr. We, they called him junior. Um, and my wife didn't want that. But my grandfather, who I am named after, uh, my dad's dad, uh, he went by Artie Idala. Um, not only was he a renowned newspaper man here in New York City, writing for the Daily Mirror, uh, which was a very famous newspaper and a popular newspaper up until it closed, I believe, in 1961. Um, but uh, he was more well. He had his own column called "You Said It" by Artie Idala. He would go out on the street and he would talk to people on the street and have a, like a question, like you know, what? How do? What do you think of? Uh, Biden's handling of the Israel crisis. And then he would get like five people and he would take their picture and then put their little comment in there. And, and he wrote other articles as well, but he was more known for um, his uh, position as a uh, well-known boxing judge. And he the biggest, I mean, he judged over 300 fights uh, in the heyday of boxing in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and even until the very, very early 80s. I think his last fight he judged was 1983. Um, and uh, so, Marianne, um, I did not know what the name of our son was going to be uh, until I handed Marianne um, our son. I took him off the table. He gave us a little scare when he came out into the world, but it was only for a minute and 45 seconds, but it was the scariest minute and 45 seconds of my life. But apparently it was like no big deal to the doctors, but to me it was not cool. Um, and then when I handed her, um, um, it was either the nurse or, because I have this all on tape, it's either the nurse or her sister, Marianne's sister, Dr. Chrissy Haynes, who um, said, well, what's, your, what's his name, Mayor? And she said his name is Arthur Idala III. And we we had looked up the rules, and the rules are there are no rules. We could have named him Arthur Idala the 18th. 
Um, so today is his birthday, and I'm in a great mood because of that. And we have some great guests. We have um, not only Tom Harris, but we have um, a woman named Julie Boardman, who is the head of the Museum of Broadway, which is a spectacular place on 45th Street. But before that, we have Renata Castro, who is a lawyer, to talk about the immigration migrant crisis. Um, we're not going to touch on Israel too much today because, um, once again, Donald Trump has kind of sucked the air out of the room. Um, but, you know, we never forget about what's going on over there. Tomorrow, I'll, I'll go through some of that. Um, I got the, the, I don't know if it's the Jewish press or the Jewish voice, and on the cover of it, it has the pictures of all the kids, the Israeli kids who were kidnapped. If that doesn't freak you out, especially when today Arthur turns seven and there's kids that age there, Ariana in a month, 24 days is going to turn two and they're children that young. It's horrific. I do want to touch on um, President Trump. Two major things happened today. One was he had a face-to-face confrontation with Michael Cohen, the first time they'd been together in five years in the same room, breathing the same air. Um, Michael Cohen was a witness for the Attorney General of the State of New York in the uh, New York State Supreme Courthouse. Trump, who definitely does not have to be there in a civil case, was there, sat in the front row, and basically, uh, or sat at the table, uh, staring at him, shaking his head, and basically... um and I don't believe he was admonished, although he could be by a judge, but he wasn't. Um, Cohen basically said, you know, right from jump, from jump when the attorney general, and you do this when you're the lawyer putting on a witness who has a criminal record, like you want to take the air, uh, the, the pop the balloon or whatever, take the air out of the balloon right away. And so they addressed his criminal record and they said, well, isn't it true that you pled guilty to going in front of Congress and lying? And he said, yes, I did. I, I did do that. And I did that at the direction of Donald Trump. So from the beginning, he made himself sound like, look, I did everything Trump told me to do. I was his puppet. I was his employee. And um, as I mentioned to you in the past, you know, I've been to the, the, the Trump Tower and I was there with, you know, this is way before years before but michael cohen did sit right next to donald trump in in you know they they shared a wall and he said you know trump said come up with some numbers you know these are the numbers we got to get to to get these loans and i want you to kind of back into the number we need to get to by uh appraising these properties or, or, or manipulating the pop the numbers on the property so that was the dramatic part um and that die is already cast in my opinion that judge already has his mind made up and this is all window dressing what disturbs me more is the other thing that happened today um there was another plea in georgia and the plea was by a, a woman jenna ellis who was a, a an attorney who worked uh after the election on you know saying that the election was not uh, conducted properly and there was fraud and she made a statement. Now, she pled guilty as a lawyer to a non-jail uh, disposition, but to a felony. Um, and she said she believed that challenging the election results on his behalf um, should have been pursued in a just and legal way. But she said that she relied on information provided by other lawyers, including some with many more years of experience than I, quote, and failed to do her, quote, due diligence in checking on the veracity of the claims. I look back at this experience with deep remorse for those failures of mine, Your Honor. I have taken responsibility already before the Colorado Bar, who censured me, not disbarred me, censured me, and I now take responsibility before this court. This is what upsets me about this as a lawyer. Forget about Donald Trump. Forget about my client, Rudolph Giuliani. We're going to start prosecuting lawyers 
who get misinformation and pursue that misinformation. Now, here's what you can't do. And I'm going to try to see if Judge Cammons can come on tomorrow and Thursday to address this. Uh, because Judge Cammons, my partner, you know, he focuses on attorney disciplinary issues and has for decades. I have clients, and I've had plenty of clients that, to this day. You know, I didn't do the murder. I swear I didn't do the murder. I wasn't there. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I don't think I have an ethical obligation to go out and send my investigators to see whether or not he did the, the murder. I know I don't. So if the murder then, if he actually did do the murder, and there's evidence that he did the murder, and a jury convicts him. Did, did I do something wrong? I mean, I mean, I, I'm not, look, I don't know all of the details here, but I don't know what kind of due diligence a lawyer is supposed to do before she makes a statement based on something that other lawyers told her. Like, if you told me there were a couple of crackheads who told her that, oh, yeah, the election was stolen, or I saw a manipulation of the votes, well, okay, <clears throat> then it's kind of a, like a dereliction of duty. But if you're telling me that um, other lawyers who have, as she's quoting, has more experience than you do, then you know she's allowed to rely on that. And the look again, what should raise your eyebrows is that this the Colorado bar. She didn't do something that they said. You know, Sorry, you're you're disbarred. They they censured her. It means they it means they put a letter in her file saying she shouldn't have done that. So in the jurisdiction that gave her her law license, they gave her a slap on the wrist. And the jurisdiction that is handling this heavily political case, they gave her a felony. No jail, probation, five thousand dollar fine. This is a little scary, and we're going to follow up on it. We have two great guests coming up, and I have a big announcement for me personally and for AM970 and for another host on AM970 family coming up at the end of the show. Maybe if we're lucky, we'll get a quick uh, hello from the birthday boy. So don't go away. We're going to be right back. We got Sam Bellino and Idala here on the Idala Power Hour. We'll be right back. Girl, you got me down, you got me stressed Cause ever since I left the city, you... Hi, Kevin McCullough. The International Travel Show is coming October 26th through the 28th at the Javits Center, New York City, titled Your Travel Hub. Open to the public on Saturday to explore vacation options from around the globe. Great destinations from Brazil to unique places in the state of New York, New England, Europe, even South America. Join the fun and participate in some of the most compelling travel sessions from the travel industry's best-known personalities, from Darlie Newman to Pauline Fromer. Take a minute and check in with Travel and Leisure Go to consider travel deals and discounts at a wide range of destinations, hotels, airlines, and car rentals. For more information and tickets, go to www.nyinternationaltravelshow.com. That's www. Dot nyinternationaltravelshow.com That's www.nyinternationaltravelshow.com Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Whether you're an owner of one machine or have a fleet of hundreds, ESCO Truck and Equipment can help with all your equipment needs. Whether it be purchase, lease, or rent the right machine to improve your business, ESCO provides a full line of link belts, excavators, light equipment from Dynapack and Chicago Pneumatic, or handheld power tools from Steel. ESCO Parts can stock an extensive inventory and retrieve parts quickly to minimize your downtime. If you break down in the field, 
feel the need apart, ESCO certified technicians will come to you on site to get you back to work quickly. ESCO is there for you every step of the way with regular maintenance inspections, service, and repair. Serving New York and New Jersey, call Joe E. Joe Eugenio, 718-504-2600 or go online to escoequipment.com. That's E-S-S-C-O equipment.com. ESCO is proud to celebrate Italian American Heritage Month. ESCO Truck and Equipment is a DeFazio company. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. We started our company 10 years ago in an effort to help our fellow Christians experiencing tax issues resolve their matters by taking a simple three-step approach. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys that specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We're also a small firm who will treat you like family, not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. Is your husband or wife in a hospital or rehab center? Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? The cost of a nursing home is $500 a day, $15,000 a month. Are you frightened about bankruptcy just to pay the medical and facility bills? Don't panic. Just call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. These attorneys have been doing this for 40 years. They've helped hundreds of people just like you with the same thing that you could be going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news as bankruptcy. Call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. That's 718 718- 238-6500 with offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It's never too late. The time to act is now, so don't wait and call Connors and Sullivan today, 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. And trust me, folks, after you speak with them, you'll be glad that you did. Listen to AM970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. All right, welcome back to the Idala Power Hour here on Tuesday, October the 24th. Um, I have on the line a lawyer who knows an area, a lot, of, a ton of it, about an area of law with which I know very, very little, and that is the area of um, immigration, immigration law. And let's face it, prior to the tragedies that took place um, two weeks and change ago in Israel, all we were talking about was immigration and the migrant crisis and illegal aliens and whatever you, whatever else you want to call them, um, right here in our backyard, whether it's in you know Manhattan, Brooklyn, Floyd Bennett Field, Staten Island. Uh, so I wanted to speak to a lawyer who's been on the show before, who definitely knows a lot more about this than I do. And what prompted this was we saw an article that came out today that says United States southern border crossings hit new highs amid the humanitarian crisis. So on the line with us is attorney Renata Castro, who is an immigration specialist. Hello, Ms. Castro. It's Arthur Idala. It's great to be here again. 
Well, welcome back. You were a fantastic guest last time, and you educated me immensely. So why don't you give us a little update? We're, you know, we're coming close to the end of the year, believe it or not, the way time goes by so quickly. You know, 2023, um, you know, I was with some people last night from the Mayor Adams administration here in New York, and you know, they talked about how the uh, this crisis has really thrown them for a loop because there's so many other uh, issues New York City needs to tackle, but it really is a humanitarian crisis here, and they are continuing to figure out how the heck to deal with it. But Renata Castro, this is what you do every day, so why don't you fill us in? Uh, about you, your take on what's going on, whether in the southern border of the United States of America or here in New York City. Well, we look at what's going on in the United States. It, 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 it's important to for the listeners to understand that individuals coming to the border um, are coming to seek asylum. They're actually following the law. Whenever an individual presents him or herself at a port of entry and invokes the asylum protections that are codified in, in U.S. law. They're trying to do what our laws tell them to do whenever they want to pursue asylum. So it's certain that with the use of technology and border enforcement, the number of individuals that are actually being detained is going to be higher. It doesn't necessarily mean that there is a surge in the number of individuals entering. It just means that now the United States has better accounting of these people. Uh, In the past, several individuals would cross back and forth from Mexico into the United States seasonally to work, and we just had no idea um, what they were doing and how often and what these individuals were bringing into the United States with them. So it's important to emphasize that. The United States remains an incredibly resilient economy that absorbs any and all workforce, willing workforce that is thrown its way. That is why industries in such as agriculture, hospitality, construction, continue to use uh, the labor force of undocumented individuals in the United States because, quite frankly, there there's not that much interest um, in filling those jobs. And those are economies, those are industries that move an economy. So it's a more complex issue than just a political directive from Biden, Trump, Republican, Democrat. It is an outdated law that refuses to recognize the economic role that migrant workers um, play in the United States. It's a refusal to change these laws in order to allow for a guest worker program with, with better controls for the United States. But it's also an inability to legislate on both Congress and Senate side uh, for the benefit of the United States as a whole. Uh, changing U.S. immigration law for the better, it does not need to mean amnesty, although I am a big proponent that those who are in the United States and have paid taxes, are hardworking, don't have a criminal record, have been here for more than 10 years, should be allowed to remain and continue to contribute to the country. But are, are we really, um, as a country, able to thrive economically without the much-needed labor from scientists to bricklayers that migrants come to do in the United States. I think that most of your listeners uh, will agree that that's just not possible. So, Renata Castro, let me just let me ask you a question on this exact topic. In in New York right now, 
the people who are staying at the Roosevelt Hotel, you know, right by our office, um, and, and now in Bay Ridge and other places on, in the outer boroughs, what is their status? Because I'm hearing different reports. It, do those people have the ability to go into a Home Depot and say, hi, I'm here to apply for a job? Do they have the ability to go to a, a legitimate landscaping enterprise and say, here, I'm here to apply for a job? Or be, go to a science lab and say, I'm here to apply for a job? Those individuals who are in the, in the um, seeking um, shelter asylum. in New York right. City. As- well, yeah, well, they're applying for asylum. They're asylum seekers, but... They have become a problem in New York City because of the overwhelming demand for shelter, right? Um, because New York City, New York State is one of the few right to shelter uh, jurisdictions in the United States. And on top of that, there's a lot of work in New York and housing is very expensive. So it's just a perfect storm. These individuals who are seeking asylum, they have to wait sometimes six to nine months after they have been in the country for one year to seek an employment authorization. Um, I don't know about you, but I can't be without work for a year and eight months before it creates financial chaos in my life. Um, And I think that that's the reality for most working families. So these individuals that are in New York right now overwhelmingly have not received an employment authorization document, which would allow them to legally pursue jobs at a Home Depot, at a landscaping company, um, at a restaurant, and at other places that could use the help. But Renata, I know you—you you know you're bragging about the United States of America and our economy and our ability to absorb uh, these these uh, people coming from other countries. But, you know, the reason why I brought you on is they're saying that the, the border crossings have hit new highs. I mean, isn't there a saturation point? Isn't there a point when the sponge has soaked up all of the water and then you're just putting the sponge in the water and, and nothing is happening? You know, are we coming close to hitting that point? Because I can tell you, people here in the administration of, of Eric Adams, they feel that way. People who, you know, see that the beautiful hotels like the Roosevelt Hotel and, and other uh, entities, you know, hotels even in Times Square that would used to be for tourists coming in from Oklahoma and Wyoming are now filled with migrants and they're getting ex- the hotels are getting paid a tremendous amount of money from the city, which is costing us money. Uh, the Adams administration says the migrant situation is going to cost us $12 billion in one year and that's going to go up. Renetta Castro, you're, you know, you're a lawyer in the world of immigration. I'm not looking to take money off of your table, but isn't it a point where we say, okay, enough is enough? Like we're full, the, the hotel, there's no vacancy? You know, I, I, I think that you bring a great point. The people who are profiting from these individuals in shelters, they're not immigration attorneys or um, businesses in New York. They are hotel operators. They are private immigration detention centers because you know those have a cost and they 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 are one of the two most profitable businesses in the united states if you're if you're an investor look up um civitas and um the name of the other um, immigration detention operator escapes me Uh, but i will uh remember before the end of the interview this is a business and New York City is in a particular situation because of its right to shelter. When we look at saturation, I think that most small and middle-sized business owners that are in the, ser- the service business 
will tell you that we are far from saturation. Look at the amount of companies that are struggling to have people be hired. And it has nothing to do with wage. It has to do with a, a lack of desire from individuals in the marketplace today to not work in no, listen, I agree conventional with you. jobs. Renata, I, so, Renata I, I agree with you. But, you know, in years past, decades past, uh, maybe a century past, it just seemed that, and look, I wasn't around, but it seemed like the people who came over here, they usually had some sort of foot in the door, whether it was someone who they knew who was here, someone who's going to give them some guidance, someone who's going to give them some shelter. I mean, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Renata, this is your industry, not mine, but I don't think when my great-grandparents came over from Sicily in the early 19, very early 1900s, you know, they were provided housing by the city of New York. They were provided housing by some probably distant cousin in some basement somewhere until they can put together a few dollars to, you know, find their own housing. You know, that's no longer the case. So what do we do today? You know, that that's, uh, and I agree with you that, that this, what we're living today is a very unusual situation. Um, the only way to address this is to reform our asylum laws. And I've, I've been a big proponent of New York using its political capital um, with Congress and Senate to have immigration law be reformed in a humane and effective way. How? By creating a system that allows these individuals to seek asylum abroad and enter the United States with their affairs in order, as opposed to living in a shelter, free or not free. I doubt anyone wakes up and thinks, wow, I really want to go live in a shelter in New York City. It is. Oh, I'm watching them. Renata, I'm watching them on 45th Street in the old uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, there was a bar there on the corner. I mean, it's boring as heck. I mean, I, I, I'm going to make a crazy statement, but some of my clients who are in prison definitely seem to have better quality of life than, than these people do. Renata Castro, I am out of time, but I appreciate you coming on. Obviously, this is such an important topic. You do know your, your stuff inside and out. This is what you've been doing for such a long time. And anyone who really wants to uh, inquire about legal immigration, you should find Renata. And Renata Castro, she is really someone who knows knows the business. And it is a business to know. Uh, this is not someone who you're going to walk into my office or a topic you walk in my office and anyone there can help you. So, Renata, thank you for providing us a little insight and some background into the world of immigration today. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll have you back again soon. All right, folks, we're going to come right back. We're going to have some fun with Tom Harris and talk about the Museum of Broadway. Don't go away. Tonight at 7 o'clock, Radio Night Live, what was with the Alaska Airlines pilot who got charged with 83 counts of murder or attempted murder? We'll discuss it tonight on Travel Tuesday. See you at 7. If you don't know it now, wake up and smell the coffee. We are in a culture war in America. This is left versus right, and the stakes are high. This radio station is deeply involved in the fray, and we know many of you are too. We want to find a few people who are true culture warriors, fighting the good fight and suffering the slings and arrows of public discontent because of it. Go to this station's website right now to nominate the Salem Culture Warrior of the Year. Time to honor a few great people. AM970theanswer.com. 
Want more AM 970 The Answer? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am970theanswer.com or download our AM 970 The Answer app today. Just go to the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store and search AM 970 The Answer. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. For over 75 years, the Columbus Citizens Foundation has promoted Italian-American culture and heritage and has provided thousands of scholarships to talented Italian-American students who need support to achieve their academic dreams. These scholarships enrich the lives of the rising generation who are destined to be our future leaders. Help make a difference in someone's life today. You can help Columbus Citizens Foundation by visiting www.columbuscitizens.org. These extraordinary students inspire us every day. Their leadership, passion, and pride in their heritage is a winning combination. The scholarships offer them a chance to achieve their goals and be engaged members of their communities. Columbus Citizens Foundation brings the Columbus Day Parade to New York City every year, and you can help them bring a quality education to Italian-American students in need by donating today. Visit their site at www.columbuscitizens.org. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College for some time now. Well, Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I'd like to offer congratulations to the first graduating cohort of nursing students. This first cohort began with 20 students, and 18 successfully completed the program. What an accomplishment. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's an incredible experience. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or their School of Allied Health, email info at plazacollege.edu. Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at P-L-A-Z-A college.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. I got the horse right here. The name is Paul Revere. And here's a guy that says if the weather's clear. Can, can do, do. Can, can do. do. This guy says the horse can, can do. do. If he says the wow. horse can do. It's uh, pretty cool that you're um, 
Play this. Because I don't even know as smart as you are, Sam Bellino, with the music and, and the topics that at the end of the show, as I mentioned, we have like a kind of a big announcement for me personally, but also for the Power Hour that I'll announce after this segment. But this song kind of plays into all of that. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Sam. So this is from Guys and Dolls, and this is uh, definitely Nicely Nicely, Johnson singing, not Harry the Horse, I forget who the other um, character is in Guys and Dolls, but I could tell you who it was when I sang it on stage, it was me and Henry Haddad, who I'm still friendly with, uh, but the reason why Sam Bellino is playing this, because it's Tuesday, and it is Times Square Tuesday, and today it's... Couldn't interrupt that. Um, so the reason why Sam Bellino played that is because today is Tuesday. It's Times Square Tuesday where we try to bring you a little bit about what's going on in the heart of the world. And yes, not the city, not the state, not the country, the world. Um, and um, But we're tying that into Broadway as well. But we're going to start with Tom. And uh, I owe Tom Harris, the head of the Times Square Alliance, a tremendous debt of gratitude. And I say I say this seriously, although it's not going to come off seriously. But, you know, when I was a kid, one of my um, uh, chores, how I earned my allowance, was shining my father's shoes. So I'm pretty good at shining shoes. Um, but the biggest um, impediment to shining my shoes is just time. It's just straight up time. Um, you know, I get home, it's late, I'm tired, I'm not really looking to shine shoes, um, I can't make noise because everyone's asleep, so I'm always looking for a place to get my shoe shine, and uh, pre-pandemic, I had my man Don, he was right on the corner of 6th Avenue and 46th Street, I used to go talk to him and hang out with him, but now the only place I would go is um, in Grand Central, and even there, they closed the one closest to me on 45th Street and uh, Vanderbilt, where you have to go downstairs in this secret side door. Um, but there's another one in Grand Central, but it's a little bit of out of the way. And, you know, it's important to have hot shine shoes, especially when you do with what, what I do in terms of the law, because people want to know that the lawyer representing them pays attention to details. So the way I dress is part of the details. The Whether I wear a watch or not is part of the details. We're kind of um, pen I carry is part of the details and having shine shoes is part of the details. So this is a very long winded story to tell you that yesterday after I parked my car, because I drove in, cause I had to drive Luke, drop Luke off at school in Queens. I drove to Midtown from a little bit of a distance, a quarter of a block away. I see two gentlemen kissing a woman appropriately. So, and I'm like, can it be, is it possible on a Monday morning? Is that Fred Cerullo of the Grand Central Term Grand Central Station, Grand Central Terminal Alliance, and the great, the one, the only Tom Harris greeting one of their friends, or actually saying goodbye to one of their friends? And it was. And I ran down the block. I ran after them like a little kid running into the playground, all excited to go on the swings. And there were my two buddies on a Monday morning. What a great way to start the week. And Tom Harris. I said, where are you going? Because he was not heading in the direction of, of Times Square. He was he was basically turning his back on Times Square and heading towards Grand Central. 
and uh, with with uh, Fred Cerullo, and he said, you know, I'm going into this little place here. There's a place to get a shoe shine. It's like two doors away from where I sometimes park my car. And I walked in, I stuck my in, I was like, wow, that's great. I left Tom there, and I kept walking down the block towards Fifth Avenue with Fred, and I, I said my goodbyes to Fred with a hug and a kiss, and I said, why don't I go join Tom Harris? And I turned around, and I walked a half a block up and into that little cubby hole of a place, and there was Tom uh, engaged in reading something because he's always reading because he's on top of everything here in the city of New York. And I was privileged enough to sit next to Tom Harris and the gentleman that he was. You ready for this, Sambolino? Can I get a drum roll, please? There it is. Thank you, sir. Um, not only did he engage me in conversation during the time that I waited for his shoe to finish shine and, and waited for mine, but then when he stood up as the real mensch that Tom Harris is, he paid for my shoe shine. Can you believe that? Wow, I mean, what, nice. I mean, what kind of a guy is that? He's just he's peeling off all of those Ben Franklins that he's got pocket piled in his pocket, and uh, you know he's just taking care of me like the two gentlemen he is. Ladies and gentlemen, after a seven minute introduction, the one and only Tom Harris. Is the segment over, Arthur? <laughs> I'm in a good mood, Tom. It's my son's great. seventh birthday. I uh, I played a little hooky and stayed in Brooklyn, so I took him to school. I picked him up from school, and uh, we're going to go to a little family dinner tonight. And uh, I'm big with birthdays, and when it's my own child's birthday, then I'm really over the top. So, yeah, I'm in a great mood, and thanks for the shoe shine, Tom. Uh, and of course, and a happy birthday to your son. And, and only author, as, as I'm sure your audience can imagine, I go into this place, I say hello, I sit down, I check my emails, I read what's going on and whatever the feed is. Arthur sits down, he knows everything about the two guys who were there. I think he knows their wife's name, kid's name, <laughs> where they were bar mitzvahed. He, I he, like people, he Tom, up. I like people. Uh, yes, yes, and you like to talk. And that's why you're in the right profession. And thank <laughs> you for everything that you do for the city and for Times Square. Well, I mean, I love it. I've always loved it, and I continue to love it. And tell us, Tom, since we spoke to you last week, tell us a couple of more things why we should love Times Square before we get to our very so, special uh, guest. So Gene Cooney, our, our extraordinary director of public art, secured a couple of more screens uh, for our midnight moment. So we're going to have close to 100 screens. So that was uh, big. We got uh, Silvercast joined our our family. So shout out to Gary Grossman from Silvercast. And today um, I was had the privilege of speaking at the First Responders Children's Foundation in Times Square. So they had an award ceremony in the heart of Times Square. So for first responders, this is a fantastic organization that exists to support the children of first responders who didn't come home at the end of their shift. So uh, it really made me feel good to be a part of that, and it was a, felt good to be a part of it in Times Square that is as safe as it is because of our first responders. Well, and thank you, Tom, for all you do. 73 degrees, I think, at one point it was today. What did Times Square look like on this uh, Tuesday, October the 24th, with uh, you know summer-like weather? We have hundreds of thousands of people in Times Square having a great time i'm looking out the window uh and uh it's just a great day in times square the weather uh is cooperating and um like i said it was great to be a part of that event today in times square so i believe we have a very very special times square slash broadway guest with us she's actually a repeat guest because she was on when 
Um, the Broadway Museum originally opened. Julie Boardman is an entrepreneur and Tony Award winning producer. She is a Tony voter and a member of the board, the Broadway League, and is on the theater committee at New York Public Library for the Performing Arts. With over 14 years working in experimental and promotional marketing, she is thrilled to combine all of her talents to create the Museum of Broadway, which I believe opened just about a year ago. And what took so long, Julie Boardman, to open up such a an important part of a, a museum to, to commemorate such an important part of New York City history? Um, that's a great question. I, I think maybe my partner, Diane, and I were just right place, right time. We had heard, you know, it's not really an original idea to have a museum dedicated to Broadway, given, you know, Broadway's the number two reason I've heard that people even come to New York in the first place. Um, so to have a place dedicated to its history and to celebrate Broadway and all the people who work in Broadway um, kind of seemed like a no-brainer. So we were really lucky to be the ones to put it together. And tell us a little bit, you know, I walked by, I think, Two nights ago or three nights ago, I walked by the the museum. It was closed. It was late. You know, I, I'm I'm like Tom Harris. Like I'm not independently wealthy. Like I have to actually work late in the office. So I walked by after after you guys were closed. I kind of was just peering through the windows. But just give folks who are listening a little preview of what they might find when they enter the uh, Broadway Museum. Yeah. So when you enter the Museum of Broadway, we're located on 45th Street, um, just off of Times Square between 6th and 7th Avenue. Um, and you enter into our gift shop, actually, right away. Um, and that has, you know, items from all the current running Broadway shows. And um, we have the Hirschfeld kind of like shop within a shop. Um, so it's a really fun, vibrant, lots of sequin and neon. And we have the chandeliers from the Great Comet, you know, up there. So it's like Broadway right as soon as you enter. Um, then you check in, you the time ticket, so that way we make sure it's a really good flow experience for everyone. It's never too crowded. Um, and you kind of go through this backstage field to get to the third floor. Of course, we have um, an elevator as well. You start in present-day Times Square in what we call the Playbill Room, which has every current running Broadway show that's running on Broadway today. And we constantly are changing it out as shows open and close. From there, you go into the math room and you learn the history of the theaters. They actually started in the financial district where people originally settled and then migrated north um, along Broadway to Times Square. And then from there, you start walking the timeline of Broadway from the 1732 with the first documented theater performance in New York. And then you go all the way to present day. And as you're walking the timeline, we have kind of a traditional walls that have plays, musicals, these groundbreaking moments that have happened in our past. Um, and then you come to an exhibit that's like bright and colorful, designed by, you know, we have an incredible amount of designers that are, you know, from all over the world, actually. Um, you know, when we get to Showboat on the timeline, it's designed by a paper artist from Paris and, you know, Oklahoma, you walk through an immersive cornfield. Um, you know, some of the rooms were designed by Broadway scenic designers as well. So, Julie Borman, how big is the how big is the museum? <laughs> it's uh, twenty six thousand square feet, and it's across three floors of exhibits. And then we also have the cellar for you know complimentary coat check lockers. And um, what are the hours of operation? Um, so we're open from nine thirty until six thirty um, most days. Wednesdays we close a little early for pre matinee, and then on Saturdays we stay open later. 
Um, so, but yeah, we're open seven days a week. And so, yeah, there's a lot to take in, lots of costumes and artifacts. And um, you even get to knock on a stage door, go backstage into how do you make a Broadway show and kind of what are all those different jobs you could well, have. This sounds absolutely now, fantastic. So okay. I am... Tom, could you tell us more about the new exhibit that, that you have coming up? Because it changes all the time. It does, yeah. We have a room that's for special exhibits. So we started with the work of Al Hirschfeld. Right now we ha- it's dedicated to Chicago. And um, that'll run until October 30th. So it's just a few more days to come check it out. And then on November 6th, we're going to be launching a new exhibit um, with the musical Six. So we're very excited about that. Wonderful. And I've seen the musical Six. It is fantastic. Well... Tom Harris, thank you so much for bringing uh, Julie Boardman into the boardroom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, I, I haven't had a drink since... Thursday, so I'm not, I'm not punchy. I'm just in a great mood. I'm sorry, Julie. Julie, I am so excited to come to uh, the Museum of Broadway. I have to get my parents in there because they are just Broadway, you know, crazy people. The the first show they took me to see was uh, The King and I with Yul Brenner, and the second one was oh, Annie, Annie with Andrew okay. McCardle, and, and um, they've been going, and I've been going, thank God, ever since. Um, so thank you for for doing this because it was a necessary part of Times Square and of New York City, the Museum of Broadway. Tom Harris, thank you for being here as always. Thank you for turning me on to the new shoeshine guy on uh, 44th Street. He should get a little you know, a little piece of the action every time I go in there. You should get a little piece of the action every time you go in there. But <laughs> thank you for all you do, Tom. And Julie Boardman, I will be seeing you soon in the Museum of Broadway on 45th Street between 6th and 7th Avenue. Can't wait. Thanks, Thanks for having Happy me. birthday to your son. Oh, you're a doll, Tom. All right, folks, we got one more quick little segment left. I have like a pretty cool announcement that I want to make about the Idola Power Hour and Arthur Idola and another friend from the AM 970 family. So don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Michael Rosario from St. Anthony's Neurology Group in St. Petersburg, Florida. What is the symptoms associated with CIDP? A common symptom of CIDP is limb weakness, which can present as increased difficulties rising from chair, going up or down stairs, lifting objects, or opening jars. Typically, numbness and tingling in the hands and feet also occur. This combination of symptoms can lead to balance difficulties and falls. The weakness and numbness usually affects both sides of the body. The severity of the symptoms may vary from person to person. This Medical Minute is sponsored by Anthucare Rx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Infucare Rx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and Bayridge Honda is kicking off October's spooky season with scary savings so low, you'll scream! Bayridge Honda is your family-owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years, serving the five boroughs. You can browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles, like the all-new Honda Civic, CRV, and HRV, ready for you to drive home today. And over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program at their 2022 President's Award-winning dealership. And right now, get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, receive 50 
$1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with Bay Ridge Honda. Even if you don't buy a car from Bay Ridge Honda, they want to buy your car from you. So visit Bay Ridge Honda at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. I have really enjoyed this show. We had some really great guests. And I'm in a great mood because, as I said, today is a special day. It's October the 24th, and it is the birthday of my son, my very special son, Arthur Idala III. And maybe we'll be lucky enough to get a quick guest appearance from Arthur Idala III. But before we do that, I said I had a very special announcement. And today a press release went out. And um, thanks to the hard work and effort of Jerry Crowley, the general manager of AM970, The Answer, I will have a very special national appearance, weekly appearance, with someone who also played the role of Nicely Nicely Johnson in the show Guys and Dolls. He played it decades after I did. I did it in high school. He did it as a man in his uh, 50s, I think. Um, A guy who has been on the radio... Um, for decades, who has one of the top-rated shows in the United States of America, the man who can be heard here every morning after Joe Piscopo on AM 970, The Answer, the one and only Mike Gallagher. So, um, so kindly, Mike Gallagher decided that I was worthy to come on his show. Uh, I've been on his show as a guest um, uh, multiple times, more times than I could count, but now I'm going to be on his show every Friday at 11.45 for, I believe, a full, like, eight-minute segment just talking about the legal issues of the week, and that's very exciting, and I hope everyone can tune in to Mike Gallagher at 11.45 every Friday Friday morning. Now, in the room with me is a young man who has – beige pants and a pink shirt and beautiful blonde hair and green or slash hazel eyes just like his grandfather Louis Idala. Could you come here young man please? I'm going to put these on you because I know you like these. Oh what the heck? Easy easy. Introduce yourself. I'm Arthur. What's your full name? Arthur Idala. What's your full full name? Oh, Arthur Idala the third. And why is today so special? Because it's my birthday. And how old are you today? Seven. And do you feel, like, different? I feel the same. You feel the same as you when you were six? Eh. Uh, a little bit different? Now, you think you got taller overnight when you went from six to seven? They're laughing? I don't know. Are they laughing? I don't know. I can't hear. You have the headphones on. I don't have them on. What do you think, Arthur? Good. Good? Okay. Let me, I just want to ask you a few questions. Number one, what is your favorite food? Sausage. Sausage, okay. Or a steak. Sausage or steak, that's very good. What is your favorite thing to drink? We are waiting for the answer from Arthur Idalo the third. A ice pop, but it's melted. Okay, a melted <laughs> ice pop. Do you have a favorite movie or TV show? No. Okay, you just like them all? Do you have a favorite car? He said two minutes. Okay, thank you. Do you have a favorite car? Like what brand of car? 
Come Maserati. on. Maserati. Very nice, Arthur. I downloaded the third. And what band does Daddy listen to all the time? The Rolling Stones. <laughs> okay. Now, do you like the Rolling Stones? Yeah. All right. And are we going to go to dinner now? Yeah, but first... You- Oh, there's gonna be. Oh, first we gotta open up some surprises. Okay, we're gonna have some surprise guests, some surprise um, presents. Okay, before we sign off, is there anything else you need to say to all of the millions of people who are listening to you on your seventh birthday, Arthur Idola the third? So don't say anything silly. Okay, I will. I got so much money for my birthday, more than two hundred dollars. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Samuelina, did you get more than two hundred dollars on your birthday? <laughs> No, not at all. <laughs> uh, well, so on Friday night, I think I told you, Arthur had a big birthday party and a lot of his friends came. And, you know, kids today, they have all of this stuff. So people actually did give him, like, I don't know if it was really cash, but it was a lot of gift cards. He got cards, gift cards to go to the movies and gift cards to go to Carvel. Um, so that is a wrap on the night of Arthur Idola III's seventh birthday, right around the corner, we have Ariana's second birthday in 24 days, and then little Carmine's birthday is coming up, and then my mom's birthday is somewhere in the middle of there. It's a lot of action going on here at AM 970, and on Fridays at 11.45, you're going to hear the Idola Power Hour, a special legal segment on the Mike Gallagher Show. And I am very much looking forward to that. And this Friday, I believe I am filling in for the great Joe Piscopo. So this Friday, I got a a heck of a day. I'm going to do Piscopo show in the morning for four hours. Then I'll do the Gallagher hit at 11.45. And then I'll do the power hour. So uh, it's a lot of radio here from Arthur Idala. And in the middle, I'm doing all this law. You know what time I left the office last night? Almost 2 o'clock in the morning. But today, I got to spend a big hunk of time with Arthur Idala III. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.